0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Chocolate Bar, our time, our strength, our lives. I'm one half of The Chocolate Bar, Brie, and I'm here with my girlfriend and partner in crime, D. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> and we are back for episode four. This is super exciting. Uh, you know, we have made it to this point and survived, so I'm really happy about that. and um yay we wanted to take some time tonight to talk to you a little bit about um you know we've talked so far in our previous episodes about you know how to choose a sport that might work for you and what we're about and tonight you know we're going to talk a little bit about you know so you've chosen the sport or the direction in which you want to go you know how do you figure out and choose a coach that is reputable and right for you in the sport that you're interested in. Um, and again, you know, we both, I think, have some interesting anecdotal experience about that. <laughs> and I actually had an opportunity to talk to my current um, competition coach about, you know, his thoughts. So I think we'll have a great conversation about what that looks like and, and, you know, why or why not, you might want to get a coach and, and some questions that you might want to ask and some things you might want to look at. So, um, but before, you know, obviously I'm nosy before we get into that. Um, how was your weekend Dee? It's been fabulous. Uh, Let's
1: see.
0: Let's see. What have I been up to?
1: I got my hair done, but you know me. Every two weeks hey, like clockwork. Of course. Like clockwork. Like clockwork. We get in that chair and mm-hmm. get the color and the cut and the spikes and the
0: yes. fab
1: because I can't live without my spikes. I, I've become addicted to them. They can't leave my side ever. I might cry.
0: Mm-hmm, so
1: mm-hmm. that, and you know, we we got that fabulous. We'll, we'll, we'll shout them out for real, for real on another episode. But our lovely friends at Onyxbox. With yes. my fly new lipstick.
0: <laughs> I just signed up and I cannot wait to get my first box. So I'm super excited.
1: Yay for that lovely little, that was, that was, I don't even like dark lipstick most of the time. And I put that on, I said, Oh, wait a minute. I'm a vampire now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <A> <laughs> yes. For vampire D. I like her. Yes, She's sure. going to come out to play more often. Yeah. Let's see. What else have I been up to? I went to our lovely museum here in Atlanta today. And ate some brunch and had some, you know, walk around and get some culture time, which is always fun because, you know, we don't do that enough when we're training in the the gym all the time. Right. And we'll pretend like I didn't spend three hours yesterday in the gym training. Let's just act like (laughs) that didn't happen. We're going to pretend like I didn't go to the gym yesterday just because it will make me feel better to know that I didn't spend three hours yesterday in the gym. But I did. I, I definitely did. And. I'm waiting to hear back from my coach about what the result of that training actually was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. hopefully I didn't scare him and make him question his coaching skills <laughs> based on what he saw in that video yesterday. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that, that, that's my weekend. So it's been, I guess I'm doing the fabulous and single in the city thing yes. this weekend. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm that, here for it.
0: That's what we're doing. I'm here. So for was,
1: yeah. So what are you, what have you been up to? Oh
0: man, you know, just chilling. Um, so my son is at my mother-in-law's house for the weekend. So, um, you know, he's, I'm um, having an opportunity to spend some quality time with Bay. Hey, mm-hmm. so that's <laughs> yes. been fun. Yes. And, uh, you know, training is, is, is pretty much the same. So it's interesting. I, you know, checked in with my coach and, um, you know, we talked a little bit about where we're going. So he sent me a new training program. And it was funny because, you know, at the end of his email, he sent it. He was like, yeah, you know, let me know if you have any questions. And I opened the email with the new training. And I was like, oh, but I have all the questions. <laughs> first of all, the first line of my email was number one, what the hell? Um, number <laughs> two, I see that you have here 10 sets of 10 reps. Are you smoking crack? Like I just was like this, what is this foolishness? So it's this whole like German volume training thing that, you know, apparently is, you know, kind of like it's out there and, and this is my first exposure to it. So I I was a little taken aback, but we had a great conversation about that and, you know, why we're moving on to that now. So it's just a new phase of prep. And, you know, I'm, I'm just going to try to, tackle it as best i can so that was a little overwhelming and interesting but you know it was fine so um you know this this week so i have i have two more uh, two more weeks of my current program which is the windler we're doing the windler program right now 531 so i've got two more weeks of that and then i start the german volume training so that should be very interesting um so I had Welcome this to the dark side with the yeah, volume. Yes, welcome, 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 welcome. Brief moment of panic, like, can I do this? Is what am I doing? But, you know, it'll be fine. So we talked about that. And then, um, you know, today I went and, uh, you know, went to Costco and got all the meats, got all the veggies, just really trying to set myself up for success this week. So... Um, it was a chill weekend, um, you know, that I don't really have any complaints. Again, I'm starting a heavier cycle on uh, tomorrow. So um, that should be interesting. I think tomorrow's upper body like overhead shoulder press. So we'll see how that goes, but you know, it's all good. I mean, I, I really do look forward to, you know, Sunday nights when I have the opportunity to prep my food and like, you know, wash all my workout gear, which is apparently at this point outnumbering my regular clothes and, you know, just, <laughs> just getting ready for the week ahead. And and tomorrow is um, a holiday for president's day. So I don't have to go to uh, work. So I get to, you know, kind of take my time a little bit more in the gym. So it's all good, man. It's, it's, you know, it, it is what it is. So, um, but yeah, I wanted to, you know, we had talked about this before and just talking a little bit about the whole coaching scenario and why you might want to get a coach and, you know, some of the questions that you might want to ask and kind of, you know, our perspective on how to do that to, you know, be most effective for you. So that being said, um, you know, and and these are more sort of general, you know, ideas that could apply to, you know, whether it be competition prep for bodybuilding or competition prep for, you know, powerlifting or, or weight, you know, Olympic weightlifting or CrossFit or whatever else. I think a lot of these, the same issues will, you know, kind of spill over into different areas that we can talk about. But, you know, we kind of, try to come up with a list of, you know, top, you know, whatever, 10, I, you know, things to think about when you were thinking about um, working with a coach. So, you know, um, that being said, you know, I can talk a little bit about my experience. So, you know, I think I mentioned this on an earlier podcast, you know, my very first time working with a coach for prep for bodybuilding was fine, Um, you know, he You know we were training together, and then you know he kind of said to me, "Oh, you know you should think about doing a figure show, and I was like, "Okay, I had no idea what that meant um and and just kind of put my trust into this person and you know it it was okay, like um, you know, things progressed, and you know my 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 body changed, and it was fine um you know, there were a few things that I sort of started to question and felt like maybe you know this doesn't feel." right to me, but I didn't really know, you know, one way or the other. So I didn't really speak up about it. And I think I mentioned on a previous podcast, you know, that what was kind of the turning point for me was the night before my competition, I was at the gym doing cardio. It was 11 o'clock at night. My husband was pissed off. Um, you know, and I was stressed out and it was just, was not a good situation. I really should have been home resting with my feet up and, you know, that kind of thing, but I didn't really know any better. Um, so after that experience, you know, I took a considerable, a considerable amount of time off because I just really felt like I needed to, you know, kind of figure out what was a happy place for me with my physique and, you know, you know, even mentally, you know, before I attempted to, to compete again. And so the next time it was about seven years later. And the next time I decided to do it, I, I was very strategic in how I researched coaches and reached out to coaches. So there were a couple of things that struck me when I started, you know, reaching out to different coaches. So some of the things that I did, I mean, obviously I had done some research about, you know, the particular, you know, about figure and and sort of what I was looking to do and, you know, what coaches did and, 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 you know, what were some good and and some bad things. And so a couple of things that, you know, I, I gave thought to that, you know, you might want to give thought to as well. If you were deciding to do this was, you know, so, you know, number one, Experience. You know, how long has this coach been doing this? How long have they been coaching? How long have they been working with athletes in your particular genre, so to speak? So, you know, and it, it's it's not that you know if a coach has only been coaching for a couple of years that they're a bad coach, but obviously the more time that they've had to work with clients and sort of experience what they're going through, you know, that. is is something that you want to look at. Um, You know, the second thing you might want to think about is credentials. You know, um, that isn't always necessarily an indicator of competence depending on, again, the the area that you're looking at. But, you know, if you are looking for someone to, you know, help you with, you know, CrossFit or, you know, Olympic weightlifting, you know, you might want to look and see if they've been certified, you know, with, you know, CrossFit as a, you know, level one CrossFit coach or Olympic lifting coach, something like that, you know, with respect to bodybuilding, you know, have they, are they a personal trainer? Are they certified to be a personal trainer? Things like that. Um, Because, again, obviously, you know, the more experience you've had, the more time that you've put in doing it, you know, that would, you know, might say that you've had, you know, more opportunity to kind of make those mistakes and, you know, kind of refine what it is that you do.
1: In other words, Um, you don't want to be the mistake. No, <laughs> you as the client don't want to be the experiment
0: that you happens. absolutely do not want to be the experiment. No, not, it, it, not if it, you know, at all possible, you want to avoid that. Um, you know, the third thing you want to look at is their general, you know, philosophy regarding prep, you know, um, you know, as it relates to bodybuilding, you know, one of the things you want to be mindful of or look at is, you know, when you talk to a coach and you say, hey, what's your philosophy? And if they come back to you and say, oh, well, I prep my clients, blah, 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 you know, in this one specific way, while that may sound like, oh, that really sounds great and, and that's a great idea, y- you might want to kind of take a step back because to me, you know, you want a coach that's going to be able to say it depends on the person. Because everybody's different. Everybody's physique is different. Everybody's metabolism is different. So if you have a coach that's sort of across the board, well, I only do this. I only, you know, prep and do diet if it fits your macros. I only do clean eating. I only do intermittent fasting. That may not necessarily be the person for you because what if you don't fall into that category of someone who responds to that? And so if they only have one way of doing things or they're a one trick pony that may not necessarily work for you. So you want to work with someone who has the ability to employ different tools to get someone to their goal, you know, whether that's, you know, if it fits your macros or, you know, clean eating or, you know, keto, whatever, you want someone who has the ability to be flexible and be able to sort of frame their prep and their guidance to kind of where you are and who you are.
1: Um, I think that on a, on a similar note to that or an extension of that, the idea that there is only one way to do things usually means that that coach doesn't necessarily, that goes back to your experience thing. Right. Because if you only know one thing, mm-hmm. that's probably a sign that you've never tried anything else. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I think one of the most important things, especially if you're talking about prepping for any sort of physique competition right. is having a coach who understands when it comes to this diet game, because aside from the physique part of this, the diet is a huge part yes. understanding how people's minds work. So working with women, and I'm saying this just as someone who casually helps people figure out their nutrition life, right? Working with women is not the same as working with men. Absolutely. And so if your coach tells you, I do the same things for all of my men and all of my women, just run.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Run.
1: Run yeah. for the hills yes. because That's that a is a major, major red flag. That's a major red flag. Women, aside from the actual biological differences, right. um, psychologically, we're different. or exactly. Most of us are different and right. need to be handled differently and need a little bit more. There's discipline. Discipline, of course, is always important. But- Right. Coaches should be able to establish the difference between some of the things that will happen with women on a plan and men. That's not to say every woman behaves the same on a diet or every man does, but I think if you talk to a coach and they say, well, this is my nutrition philosophy and this is the only one that I will do and all of my female clients get this and all of my male clients get this, there's probably something wrong and a sign that you should be running for the hills, especially in bodybuilding.
0: Yes, absolutely. I I 100% agree. Um, So the next thing that I kind of have on my checklist when I'm looking um, at coaches, and this is really important to me. um, And, you know, for a lot of people, it may not necessarily be as big of a deal. But, you know, I look at responsiveness. So how long Is it before that particular coach gets back to you? So let's say from that initial, you know, reach out that you give to them, how long does it take them to get back to you? Does it take them 24 hours? Does it take them three days? Does it take them a week? That speaks volumes to me about how responsive they're going to be during your process. Um, and I have definitely had the experience of, you know, there were like these big name coaches and everybody worked with them and they work with, you know, pro athletes and this, that, and the other. And then I reach out to them and say, hey, I'm interested in learning more about your services. And it took them more than 24 hours to get back to me. I was done because that says to me either you have way too many athletes that you're working with that will allow you to be responsive to my needs or, you know, that just speaks to your professionalism. So I'm, I'm very, and here's a thing that was really, um, that really struck me about my current coach. I'm working with, um, Cliff Wilson of, um, team Wilson bodybuilding and he is amazing. Um, and so I reached out to him and I said, Hey, you know, I'm interested in learning more about your services, you know, for coaching, for bodybuilding, I'm trying to do a competition, you know, during this time frame, you know, whatever he bounced right back to me. And he said to me, he said, you know, thanks for your interest. He said, um, I'm, I'm just, I just want to let you know, you know, my priority is my current clients. And so. I typically work kind of in a triage way where I respond to my current clients first with respect to their needs and then I respond to potential clients. So it may take me a few days to get back to you about your request, but I just kind of wanted to let you know what was going on. And that said a lot to me. Right. Because he didn't have to do that. He could have just ignored me until he got around to me. So that was really um, that really meant a lot to me that he said, Hey, I'm being responsive just to let you know where it kind of, you fall, you know, in, in, in that queue. And it said to me, well, if I'm his client, his current client, I know that I'm going to be his priority. So that was really, um, that was really impressive to me. And that was one of the things that really made me, you know, um, you know, impressed with him and want to work with him. So you have to think about that too. I've reached out to other coaches and they didn't get back to me for a week. And by that point I was done. I was like, I don't really care what your <laughs> issue was. I'm not, I'm yes. not interested anymore. So, you know, you want to look at that too, because how they approach you as a potential client is likely a good indicator of how they're going to approach you and deal with you as a current client. Um, Very
1: true. Yes. Very, very true.
0: Um, So, you know, aside from responsiveness, the next thing that kind of naturally follows that is professionalism. So, you know, how formal or casual is that particular coach with you? And this was interesting because I had actually had a conversation with my coach about, you know, some of the things that he thought were markers of a good coach. And he's, you know, he said, you know, obviously every coach is going to have a different style and he's, you know, he's a little bit more on the informal side. However, you know, he said, if you are, you know, interacting with someone that you were considering for a potential, you know, coach client relationship and, you know, right off the bat, they're responding to you with profanity or very sort of off-color language or, you know, very sort of misogynistic language, you that's a red flag because, you know, the reality is if they're responding to you like that now, how are they going to interact with you when they, once they feel comfortable with you? So you have to, you know, kind of take into account what you're comfortable with, with respect to that coach. You know, and he also brought up the point about if you are working with a coach and they are, you know, asking for, you know, very, uh, you know, provocative, pfft, quote unquote, progress pictures of you as a female, that's again, something that you want to take into account as well. You know, how, what, what is that line that they're willing to draw and what kind of boundaries do they have between the, you know, coach and client relationship? So you want to, you want to just be mindful of that, you know, and, and what is it that you see on, if, you know, if they're on social media, you know, do you, you know, what kind of, you know, do you see them in, in sort of somewhat off color or compromising positions in terms of, you know, their clients and taking pictures with their clients and things like that. So those are all things that you, you know, want to think about when you're working with someone, how professional they are. Um, you know, another part of professionalism is, you know, how do they, how do they handle, you know, if are are they talking to you or talking crazy about other clients? Are they talking shit about other clients? Are they talking shit about other coaches? That should be a red flag to you because, you know, with respect to the clients, I always think, well, if you're talking about so-and-so a certain way, what are you going to say about me? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then with respect to other coaches, I look at it like, if you, you know, this is my famous phrase. I always say, Nike ain't worried about Reebok, meaning if you have a quality product and you are comfortable with who you are and the product and the service that you provide, you don't really feel the need to talk down about other products, coaches, and what they have to offer. So if the first thing you say to me when I'm asking you, why should I work with you? And you're telling me... (coughs) You you're, Instead of telling me why I should work with you, you're telling me why I shouldn't work with somebody else. You've already lost me because that says to me that you are not confident in what you have to offer. So that's, again, just something you want to be mindful of when you're looking at these coaches on social media or in other places and they're talking trash about other people. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. Um you know, and, and, and what sort of stems from that, you know, aside from professionalism is boundaries. Do they, does this coach respect your boundaries? You know, if you have come to a coach and said, I want to be, you know, a natural competitor in bodybuilding or physique or powerlifting, are they comfortable with that? Or are they trying to push you in a direction to do something else? That's something that you need to be mindful of. If you are, you know, someone who's like, I want to do now, nat- you know, natural bodybuilding or natural powerlifting, and you have a coach that's pushing you to move towards being an enhanced, you know, competitor or, or, or using certain drugs or things like that, you just gotta be mindful of that. You know, are they pushing you to compete in certain organizations? Are they pushing you to use certain vendors because then you have to wonder, do they have my best interests heart at heart as you know an individual, or are they more concerned with their bottom line so you know that's just something else you might want to think about um you know i i I know I've been talking nonstop so I don't know if d you have anything you want to add on on any of these subjects or whatever
1: well, I think the professionalism overall kind of covers everything, but it's funny that I think when you mentioned these coaches on social media, and I think we maybe take a pause for that for a second. Yes. As someone or someone's, because I think for both of us, both of us, this is pretty true. Mm -hmm. We've been involved in these sports since before social media was a thing. Yes. (laughs) And, or, and even if social media existed, it wasn't, the driver behind the business. It was just a thing that people used to kind of update their friends on day to day life. Mm-hmm. And now it's been interesting to watch over the years. Now, and I'm not going to just I, I'm not going to throw names out there because that's not what we're here for. But watching people do maybe one or two bodybuilding shows, and because they did well, now mm-hmm. they're a coach, right? Social media is the driver behind that. So I would say to a lot of people, especially if you're young and you're new to this and you haven't really gotten to see much, don't fall for the okie doke. If a coach is telling you they're going to charge you $50 a month for a competition prep diet and training, and you've only seen them on social media, the likelihood is, and I'm being really honest about this, is that you are getting something that they printed off of bodybuilding.com.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
1: That has no relevance to you as an individual. Right. Or what your needs are or what your body type is. Mm -hmm. What they are likely Mm -hmm. sending you is something that they found on the internet and that they are basically selling. And this is not new. I mean, this is not something that's new to the the industry, but it's gotten worse now that we have this sort of very visible way to advertise to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people at a time. And so make sure if you're out there looking for coaches, social media is not where you want to start. I right. I I have, I am not of the opinion that that is where to start. Now, if you look at a picture of someone, especially if we're talking about bodybuilding, even though my more recent experience is powerlifting. Right. But if, if from a bodybuilding perspective, if you are looking for a coach and you're browsing around online and you see someone with a similar build to mm-hmm. you and they look great. Yes. Ask them who their coach is. Go right. out ask them, ask questions that will get you what you want. Right. But make sure you're not just dialing around saying, Oh, that guy says he's a coach. Let me talk to him. Right. Do some research. Take yes. the time to do the back, background research before you start reaching out to these people, because yes. they're salespeople at the end of the day, the fitness industry is about sales, right? You're trying, they're out here trying to make money. So you don't know what you're getting. Right. And social media should not be. Remember, I I, I try to tell people, remember, social media, you get to see maybe if you're lucky, five to 10 percent, if you're lucky of what people are really about. Right. That is a curated, cultivated (laughs) through the rosiest of rosy pink glasses (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. view of what you're dealing with. So for coaches, you know, Social media is not where to go. That's not right. where you want your starting point to be. Sure, use it to look at pictures of their clients. I do that all the time. Like, oh, what is this person's client? Do they, they what do they sound like? What do they look like at five weeks out? What do they look like yeah. at four weeks out? What do they look at look like at sixteen weeks out? Because quite frankly, if you look the same as sixteen weeks and five weeks and all your clients look the same as sixteen weeks weeks and five weeks, I don't want to work with you. Right. <laughs> right. But don't use the social media to drive your decision making. So yeah. I, I wanted to take a pause there because I think younger people, people, those of us who didn't exist before Facebook and before Instagram, mm-hmm. those of us who remember life without MySpace and that's yeah. old now too, Ooh, you know, yes, <laughs> that's very old, but yeah. we remember life before that existed. Yeah.
0: And And, I'm very much about word of mouth. Like I have yet to, and I've like, again, I've researched, you know, some of the quote unquote big name coaches and they were fine. You know, and for whatever reason, you know, they weren't a good fit for me, but I found like with me, I've had the most success with respect to coaching relationships with folks that I've heard of word of mouth, you know, or through referral. And they weren't necessarily a huge, they didn't have a huge presence on social media. You know, I, you know, my previous coach, I was kind of like, dude, like you got to put yourself out there. Like you're amazing. But all of his business, all of his clients were through word of mouth. And, and he was, you know, and he is extremely successful. And even, you know, with the coach that I'm working at working with, you know, currently, you know, he's, he's got, you know, a presence on social media, but he doesn't, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he spends like 99% of him, of his time promoting himself. Like, that's just kind of not what he's about. Um, You know, and, and I think there's something to be said for that. You know, you, you will look at certain relationships and you'll see these coaches that are like, oh, you know, I'm offering this discount or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And again, that's not necessarily a, a bad thing, but you just kind of have to, Also think about if this coach is spending 95% of their time promoting themselves on social media, how much time are they spending on working with the clients, you know, and, and, and providing them with quality service and quality programming. So, um, you know, that, that, that's definitely something to think about. And, and kind of the next point from that is that you want to consider is flexibility. So, you know, when you are interested in or interviewing a coach, are they willing to work with whatever particular constraints, limitations, things that you have going on? Are they more of the mindset of it's my way or the highway? So I had mentioned on a previous podcast that, you know, one of the things I learned or, or one of the things I figured out, you know, with me with respect to you know, um, prepping for a bodybuilding shows that I have like an extremely limited amount of time within which I have to train, do cardio, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and I'm just not in a position where I have the time to spend four or five hours in the gym every day. And so for me, reaching out to a coach, you know, if they're telling me, well, you know, how bad do you want it? And this is the only way to get it done. I knew that that wasn't something that wasn't someone I could work with. So it was very important for me, you know, in, in, in talking to coaches to say, Hey, I work full time, you know, I'm a mom and I'm a wife. Um, can we get this done with the amount of time that I have? And, you know, they would either say yes or no. And, and that would, you know, say lead me to say, okay, well, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. I'm going to move on or, okay, you know, this works for me. So, you know, you have to take that in consideration. I mean, I have friends that are, you know, vegetarians or vegans or have particular health constraints or have dietary constraints. And if you are looking at a coach and they only know one way of working with a client and you don't fit into that particular box, then you need to be mindful of that. You know, if you were working with a coach and you're a vegetarian and they don't know how to do a diet for a vegetarian, then you need to move on, you know, because that's not going to be a successful relationship for you. Um, so, you know, that's, that's also something that you want to look at, you know, how, Have you worked with clients who are lactose intolerant? Have you worked with clients that have thyroid issues? Have you worked with clients that are vegans, you know, and, and you need to really, you know, be, um, be mindful of that when, you know, when you're, when you're looking to work with someone in that relationship. And, you know, I, it's interesting. I had a really... I had a situation recently where I had a, a friend who was interested in, in in getting into competing um in physique competing as a bikini competitor. And I had a couple of folks that I, you know, I, I think very highly of this, coaches, and I said, Hey, I have this friend who's interested in doing this. She's a you know vegetarian, you know, whatever. You know, can you give me some feedback? And one of them bounced right back and she said, you know what? Um, I don't really work with vegetarians or vegans. Um, so I don't feel comfortable with that. You know, I have some folks I can refer her to, whatever. And I really appreciated that because she could have easily been like, oh yeah, I got that you know, and, and, and worked with this person and really screwed her up, you know, in terms of, of her nutrition. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you gotta be, those are the kind of questions you have to ask, you know, this is my particular sort of set of circumstances. Can you work with this or not? So flexibility is really important. Yes. Yeah, so then- you know, I have
1: plenty of stories about the flexibility thing, Yes, but I think as you were saying, and this is on the athlete side too. make sure you're honest with these people when you approach them. Yes. I, you know, if you, if you, if you have health conditions or you have fears that you have health conditions that needs to come out and it definitely is important. And I'm saying this both personal experience and just in general, especially if we're talking about hormonal or endocrine endocrine system related. I'm not even going to try to get the long word out because my tongue tongue has already told me it is after 10 p.m. We're not doing this right now.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right.
1: But if you have those issues, those are things you need to talk about with your coach because I will say, and Bree, you have probably witnessed, I would say 90% of this. I prepped with someone who I had all the boxes checked. I did my research. I got references. I went through everything. Mm -hmm. She knew I had a thyroid issue. And just the same, because she didn't necessarily understand where or what those meant in the larger scheme of things. She had worked with other people, but everybody is different right? when you have these kind of hormonal issues. Mm -hmm. And surprise, surprise, I get what, four or five months into prep and I go to see my doctor as you should be doing if you have health problems, ladies. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went in and my doctor said, all of your levels have crashed. Mm-hmm. Every last one of them has crashed. Your medica your medication's not right. There's something wrong. And sure enough, what was it? Well, I'd been living off of two ounces of chicken and
0: Oh lord. You
1: know, three hundred grams of broccoli and a half a sweet potato and six almonds for, I don't know, four months at that point. Mm-hmm. And that is not when you have a thyroid issue or my particular thyroid issue. That is not a good way to be living. (laughs) And it caused, and it actually for me did cause, an additional health issue. So Mm -hmm. as much as it's easy for those of us who live with different health issues to kind of not take them seriously because you get used to living with them, when you are going out to do something that, whether we like to admit it or not, especially prepping for bodybuilding, figure, physique, bikini, those are all extreme experiences. When you're dieting like that, it's extreme whether we like to admit it or not. Right, And we have to take into account that those things impact your body. So on the flip side of things, my coach right now, he knew from day one that I had had a major surgery last year. He knows I have a thyroid issue. He knows I have a pituitary issue. Mm -hmm. He he said, I am not messing with your diet. You tell me if you need my help, then you tell me and we'll work on it. He said, but if you're happy with what you're doing and it's working for you right now, we'll stay there. The only thing he worries about is what do you weigh this morning? Because he doesn't want me to blow out of a weight class. (laughs) Right. But other than that, he doesn't touch my diet. He said, I, he was like, I know what's, I know a general idea of this, but I don't have enough experience in the diet side of this to address your health issues. So I trust Mm -hmm. you and whatever system you've been using to continue to use that. And he's done the same thing with my training. He's kind of said, okay. You tell me if this is not working for your health issues. So right. I think my first week with him, it was it's a very different style of training. I gained about 10 pounds in a week. It wasn't fat. It was just a lot of water. My body kind of didn't understand what I was doing to it. And I right, think sometimes right, right, right. it still doesn't really understand what I'm doing to it or why. Um, and he said, okay, what's going on? we need to talk through this. Do I need to cut back something? Do I need to add something? Do we need to take away a day? What do we need to do? Mm -hmm. And all of those things really do matter is having these coaches who really understand that they are taking your health in their hands. So if you are giving your health and letting someone take your, your health into their hands, that flexibility thing is really important because if he, if your coach, she, he, whatever can't figure out how to make changes, whether they're major, minor, or somewhere in the middle to make your programming work for you so that you're not getting hurt. You're not getting injured. Your health isn't being endangered. You're going to have a bad time of it at some point. right? <laughs> and those are, I think in a coaching relationship, I know for me, I can say when I realized that what my coach was telling me to do was hurting my health Mm-hmm. That, cra- that whole coaching relationship crashed and burned. I mean, I ended up with right. her for another, I was probably with her for another six months as she tried to fix it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is by that point, my doctor saying, well, whatever you've got going on, whatever you're doing, this isn't okay anymore. Right. That, and then going back to my coach and saying, look, this is what my doctor said. And my coach kind of saying, yeah, okay, well, we can work on fixing that. By that point, the coaching relationship is not okay anymore. Right. So if you can determine on the front end what they do or don't know and how flexible they're willing to be, because like you said, with somebody who's a vegan, if a right. vegan, if you've never worked with a vegan, don't use the vegan that comes to you as an experiment. Exactly. <laughs> you do not want to be, you do not want to be the experimental vegan.
0: Right. Because exactly.
1: these shows happen on a timeline. I don't want to tell you I'm 20 weeks out and then we get to 12 and you said, oh, well, the diet's not really working and I'm not sure why because maybe it's because you're vegan. Maybe you should eat meat. No. Right. Right. No. So really, and I did, I think I did a better job of it with this coach. When you talk to a coach, make sure you're asking the questions that get at flexibility. and. I'm sure mine thought I was paranoid or straight up crazy because I kept asking him, well, what if this happens and what if right. that happens and what right. if this, and uh, I, in my case, I'm working with a powerlifting coach. I said, look, man, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a job. I work from home. So my schedule is flexible in one sense and completely inflexible in another sense. I have to train at 5am. Any other time of day is not really negotiable because I don't know when my work day will end. Right. I said I don't have a barbell club to train at. The area I'm in, it doesn't exist. Mhm. Mhm. And he said, "Okay, well, I've worked with, you know, he's, most of my clients don't work in a commercial gym, but you as long as you're allowed to deadlift, as long as you're allowed to squat, and as long as you're allowed to b- bench, we can make this right. work." Right. But there are powerlifting coaches who will say, "No, I'm not working with someone who doesn't who right. isn't in a powerlifting gym." Right. So, all of those things are really conversations you need to have or be prepared to have and ask what ifs it's fine to ask a what if question i remember being very i guess you could say tentative about it with my figure coach and saying well what if this and what if that i'm not tentative anymore i'm sure the main i'm I'm sure my current coach thought i was insane yeah you can't be afraid to ask questions this is your body and your health and your mind ask all the questions. Ask every question you can think of. And some that you might not have thought of.
0: <laughs> and and here's the thing too um that you know uh, kind of piggyback piggybacking off of that if you are, you know, either working with a coach or interested in working with a coach and you're asking questions about they say okay, well, you know, here's the protocol. Here's what we're going to be doing. And you ask them questions about why you're going to be doing things a certain way and they either you know, kind of try to hide the ball from you or, or get, a, you know, sort of defensive when you ask them questions, that is a huge red flag. Yes. You know, here's my thing. So, you know, I am the kind of person I like to know things, right. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't trust you. That doesn't mean that I don't trust the process. I just like to know why we're doing certain things, because for me, you know, it's about kind of that I don't know mind body connection. So if I know that we're training in a certain way, you know, prime example, I was saying, I got my new, you know, coach, I got my new, you know, (laughs) training protocol for my coach. And it was like 10 sets of 10. And I was like, what the hell, you know? And I was like, why are we doing that? You know? And it wasn't because I didn't trust him. I'm just, I was legitimately curious about, you know, what that would accomplish. And he bounced right back and said, Oh, well, you know, this is why we're doing things this way. You know, if he had been the sort of person to say, you know, you don't get to question me, just trust me on this. Don't worry about it. That would have been a problem for me. Right. Um, and I know sometimes when you, you know, are, not when you don't know what you don't know, like you're new to the sport or you don't, you haven't really done a lot of research, you know, you might feel uncomfortable, you know, questioning someone, but this is what I always tell, you know, women who are sort of beginners and getting into, you know, for, for these purposes, you know, bodybuilding or physique competitions, you are paying this person. This is your (laughs) body. This is your health. You absolutely have the right to question what, Folks are asking you, requiring you, telling you to do. And if they are making you feel like you don't have the right to ask those questions, you need to run away. Yes. Right. Yes. So you know that that's kind of how I approach that. Um, like I said, you know, I I. I you know, I'm the kind of person where, you know, and, and also, you know, I've I've heard from women who are like, "Well, my coach told me to do X, Y, and Z, but I'm I'm asking y'all, is that correct? And you might want to reconsider that that relationship because if you are working with someone, you have to have trust in them that they know what they're doing." And if you don't, then, then that's, that's also, you know, a, a red flag, but you should never be working with someone who makes you feel badly about asking questions about what it is that they're doing. Right. Um, So, you know, you, you have to look at it in, in that respect too, you know, what, you know, how open are they to you? And not, you know, obviously if you are establishing a coaching relationship they're not going to give you their whole rundown for free. Like I get that, you know, but they shouldn't also be, they shouldn't be hesitant to share with you kind of what their thoughts are with respect to your specific programming. Um, you know, kind of piggybacking off of that, um, you know, is, you know, another thing that you need to be mindful of is referrals. You know, when you ask, Coaches, you know, I always will ask a coach that I'm interested in working with, do you have folks that I can talk to that you've coached? And here's the thing here's the kicker. So, I'm a women's physique competitor. I don't only ask for references from women's physique competitors, I ask for references from bikini competitors, I ask for references from figure competitors, and I ask for references from bodybuilder competitors. The reason being is if I talk to all sort of you know, folks in these four different disciplines and they are telling me that they have similar program or the same programming to what I have, I'm done. Because there is no way in hell that as a reputable coach, you are doing the same training or nutrition for a bikini competitor as a figure competitor, as a women's physique competitor, as a bodybuilding competitor. So if you are giving cookie cutter programming, it will come through in those conversations that I have with folks across those four disciplines. So I say all of that to say, You know, yes, you want to talk to someone kind of in your particular area for that coach to kind of see what their experience is like, but don't forget, you want to talk to folks who are in other disciplines as well, because what you don't want is a coach who just kind of gives the same programming to everyone. You want a coach who's going to customize their programming for your specific, you know, division, for your specific physique, for your specific, you know, whatever, so that's something else that you want to think about as well. The other thing too that's really important that um, you know struck me particularly with you know the current coach that I'm working with. He was the first coach who actually interviewed me. So I've worked with coaches before that you know I re- you know reached out to them and said hey. I'm a competitor. I'm interested in doing X, Y, and Z. They might bounce back and say, oh, okay, cool. Here are my rates. Here's what I do. And then we, you know, we decided to either work together or not. When I reached out to Cliff, the first thing he did was shoot me a questionnaire and say, fill out this questionnaire for me. And that questionnaire consisted of stuff like, you know, what my level of experience was, how many times I had competed, you know, what my general, you know, sort of, you know, perspective was about competing, why I wanted to do it X, Y, and Z. The reason that this is important is because again, you don't want to work with someone who's going to put you on a cookie cutter program. So if they never ask you any questions about where you are before you start, how are they going to know where to start you? If you reach out to a coach and, you know, you've been dieting for like 30 weeks and you're on like (laughs) a thousand calories and you're doing like, you know, a hundred hours of cardio a week and they're, they're coming to you, you know, and you're like, well, I'm going to compete and get in, you know, three months. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to put you on this program. Then that's going to be problematic. Like a lot of, you know, if you have someone who's a good coach, They're going to ask you those critical questions and they may even say to you, you know what, I can't work with you right now. Or before we get to that point, we need to get you on a reverse diet and get your calories up and reduce your cardio and get you at a comfortable level where we can, you know, pull you down again. Or, you know what, I feel like there's some other stuff that you might need to address before you work with me and honestly you doing a show in in March or April or May is not realistic right now. Those are the kind of coaches that you want to work with that are not going to just tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what's best for you and have your best interests at heart. So, you know, working, you know, talking to a coach, they should readily give you references. If you don't already know, you know, clients that they're working with. So, that's something else that, you know, you, you want to think about too. Um, and it was really interesting. I had a conversation with my coach, you know, and told him we were doing this podcast and kind of some of the things that we were covering. And I asked him, I said, you know, as a coach, you know, what are some things that you would recommend that people think about when they're looking for a coach? Um, and you know, a couple of things that he said, like was caring. Um, and this was really important to me. You know, he said that, um you know client uh, coaches should obviously care about their clients um you know this will cause them to be responsible and not put their their clients at risk um and and this was a very real sort of scenario for me where um you know I, when i first started competing i had worked with a couple of coaches and you know they got me through the competing process right they trained me they you know this is your diet whatever But no one, they didn't take the time to say, let's talk about what happens when you step off the stage. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about what happens, you know, how to transition you back into regular life. Let's talk about the fact that the look that you have on stage is literally going to last for those 10 minutes that you're up there. And we need to talk about how to transition you into a reasonable sustainable amount of caloric intake and cardio and training or whatever. um, You really need to think about that when you're working with a coach, because it's not just about getting you on stage. It's about what happens the day after. So I thought that was, you know, a really good point that um, he brought up. Um, You know, he also brought up the point that I thought was really interesting about, you know, we talked about ethics and professionalism. And one of the things that he brought up that I thought was extremely important was, you know, when you talk about ethics and professionalism, he said, you need to be very mindful that there are going to be folks out there that are going to utilize those sort of quote unquote good qualities to deceive their clients. So, you know, he talked about the fact that, you know, some of the most dangerous coaches that he's known are folks that, you know, have, for example, use religion as a way to draw on their clients. So they're, you know, sort of spouting, you know, Bible verses and this and that and virtue and this and that, um, as a way to, you know, draw those clients in, or, you know, he's talking about, you know, how he cares about them or whatever. Um, and he's using that as a way to get, you know, if it's a male coach, maybe to get female clients to, you know, break down those barriers and get close to him and encourage them to maybe not be faithful to their spouse or their significant other. And, and we have all seen this, um, you know, or, or to get folks to kind of blindly believe in whatever their particular dogma is. So While, you know, you want to look out for these good qualities, you also want to be mindful of the fact that there are folks that are going to use those good qualities to draw you in when they may not be genuine to who they are as a person. So it's it's always helpful to keep your eyes open about that kind of stuff. It's sad to think that that happens, (laughs) but it happens a lot. Um, And I tell women all the time, you have got to trust your instincts Even if this is a scenario where, you know, you don't know a whole lot, you intuitively know when something doesn't feel right to you. Prime example, you know, when I was working with that first coach, I know good and damn well, I had no business being on the treadmill at 11 o'clock at night the night before a show, right? I didn't, you know, no one had told me that, but it just didn't feel right, you know, and and I should have been the one to step in and say, you know what? I'm this doesn't feel good for me I need to get some rest you know and I didn't know so I didn't but you intuitively know when something feels good and when something doesn't feel good and you know I encourage women who decide to get involved in this particular sport to, to, to pay attention to that intuition, whether it be, you know, your relationship with a particular coach or something that they're having you or asking you to do to prep for a show. If it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. You know? So you you have to keep those things in mind as well. Um, Is there anything that I'm missing? I feel like I've been like talking ad nauseum forever. I
1: think there's the flip side of this and it's that you've got to know yourself. Yes. Before you try to know your coach in the right coaching relationship, you have to know yourself and what you can tolerate and what you really need in a coach. Mm -hmm. So for me, I recently told someone, I will probably never have another female coach again. Mm-hmm. Not because I hate women, I am a woman, but right. mm-hmm. because my past coach was female and I've, you know, talked with some female coaches and along the way. And what I've realized is I'm a high anxiety, Bree will tell you, I'm high anxiety, I'm neurotic and I hate everything. Like mm-hmm. when I'm miserable, I'm miserable. <laughs> and when I fall apart, I fall all the way apart. Right. And I don't need a coach who's going to go down the road of miserable. I hate this. I want to quit.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm
1: with me and a lot of times my female coaches in the name of being a supportive coach rather than being like look this sucks right now let's figure out what we need to do to fix it and get move on with this would kind of let me death spiral into oh my god this is so terrible I'm I want to quit I hate everything this is I feel like garbage I don't know what I'm doing blah 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 Save that for your friends. I don't need my, I don't need my coach to act like my girlfriends. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bree can get on the phone with me and let me shame spiral. That's her job. But if you're my coach and you're shame spiraling with me, right. I'm going to end up quitting. And one of the things I learned about myself is when I work with most male coaches, when I shame spiral, they're like, no, 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 stop this. Just stop it. Just stop. This is ridiculous. You're not making any sense. Let's back up. And figure out from a practical standpoint, right? right. (laughs) What's really wrong here, Mm
0: -hmm. you know?
1: And that's a personal me thing. That's a D thing. That's not universal. Some people really do need a handholdy, huggy, kissy coach. I don't. I don't. My coach right now, I will tell anybody that man is a man of very few words. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. My
1: emails back from him, I send him videos every day. My emails back usually have about Five sentences, <laughs> and they're all orders. They're mm-hmm, commands mm-hmm, on how mm-hmm. to fix what I did wrong in the videos. Right, and then the last thing, almost either the first thing, or the last thing always says body weight question mark. Mm-hmm. That's it. There are no, you know, there's no mushy gushy. And right. if I send a body weight that looks like it's getting a little high, he'll say, "Let's get that back down." Right. But there is no, there isn't a whole lot of handholding, kissy, huggy stuff going on here. He's not an emotional person. And that actually works really well for me because if he was emotional and I'm emotional and I'm sitting here freaking out because everything feels terrible and he's freaking out because I'm freaking out Mm
0: -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. and he's
1: all touchy feely and sad with me, I would have quit powerlifting a month ago already. (laughs) Right. You know what? what? This is terrible. I quit. Right. So you really, I think sometimes you need to sit down and think about other coaching or supervisory relationships you've had. Mm -hmm. In life, whether it's a teacher you did really well with or a past coach, if you were an athlete before or a class you've taken where you did really well and use those relationships to figure out what you need in a coach, because my instinct when I hire a coach was to say, oh, well, because I have all these hormonal issues that often tie, you know, me up with things with my cycle and, you know, I've got cramps and I'm bloated and I'm this. I don't want to talk about that with a man all the time. My mm-hmm. instinct was to go find a female coach. right? But I am in a much better coaching relationship with this man of very few words <laughs> than I was with my female coach because whenever I shame spiral, she came down with me. Mm-hmm. And whenever I was upset, she took it very personally and kind of got upset, not angry, but sad. And it became, oh, D, what do you need? And how can we fix this? And sometimes you just need someone to say, okay. So you said this happened and this happened. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We can fix one of these two things by doing that. So really take the time to figure out who you are as a person. If you don't know who you are, I mean, we don't all know who we are ever in life. I don't think, but figure out what you need in a coach. I think from the athlete's perspective, it's really important to know what good coaching feels like to you. Right. I want someone who, if I'm at a meet, yes, He's going to be pumped up and excited and what have you, but he's not going to like when I'm freaking out before I go to lift, he's not freaking out with me.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: <laughs> but some people would prefer a coach who's going to be, you know, nervous with them and let them, I don't need that. I need someone who's going to basically shake, grab me by the shoulders, and say, get your life together. Right. <laughs> Stop this. <laughs> so know yourself, know what you need. And figure out what you want from your coach versus what you want from your friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because those are not the same relationship. Your coach, as far as I'm concerned, my coach is not my friend. Right. I don't pay my friends that much money to be my friends. Okay. <laughs> I don't write Bria a check every month like here, girl. I mean, right. I'm sure she wouldn't complain if I did I send sure her some money not. every month. <laughs> but I don't write Bria a check every month to be my friend. Right. I write my coach a check every month to be my coach. Right. His job is to coach me, not pat me on the back and tell me that I'm wonderful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So really figure out as a person what you need in a coaching relationship. And for all of our strength training girls, especially the powerlifting ladies who are listening, a lot of what Bree said holds true, regardless across the sports. Her reference point is definitely for physique sports, but it's the same thing for us. Our coaches have training philosophies. Make sure you understand what your coaches is and whether you like it, hate it, don't understand it, don't know why you're doing it. Because if you are used to training one way, I know I come from aesthetic training. I'm used to training for aesthetics with powerlifting as the base for aesthetics training. Mm -hmm. Now I've got somebody, I haven't done more than five reps probably since sometime in December. (laughs) I've done enough sets to to choke a horse, but I haven't done more than about five reps since sometime in December. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I know, but he sat and he told me when our first meeting, he told me exactly why he does what he does and why it works. Okay. As long as it continues to work, we're good. Right. And I think you mentioned that your coach interviewed you. Right. And I think that's really important. And I'm going to tie this into the conversation we were having on here about the idea of responsiveness. So Mm -hmm. part of why I am with the coach that I'm with is because after contacting two of the biggest names in powerlifting in the state that I live in Mm -hmm. and receiving zero response, one of them who I was really interested in training with because – He trains lots of the lifters that I know and respect in the sport, Mm -hmm. and I've seen him coach some really amazing winners. I've emailed you three times in less than a month, and I've heard nothing.
0: That says a lot.
1: I'm sure these other women out here are really excited about you because they're winning, and they're doing well, and they're not really beginners. I'm a beginner. so. That told me at least, at least as far as I could tell that his interest was primarily in people who could bring him more notoriety. Right. You're not interested in the newbie. You're interested right. in someone that you can turn into a champion, which is and fine. Okay.
0: Just let me know that.
1: Right. <laughs> Say that, which is fine. That just means I don't need to be there. Right. And so for me, that was a sign. And I said, okay who else is out here? And I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm checking the USAPL website. I'm checking the USPA website. I'm checking all these different federations to see who's out there, gyms, coaches, whatever, whatever I can find. And I literally tripped and fell over my coach. I was just clicking around and I didn't even realize that there was, I thought it was a gym. So in some other state, I didn't even think it was here in Georgia. I happened to click on it and I said, Oh, there's a coach here. Cool. Right. And I said, you know what? I don't know who this man is. Let me Google around, see who he is.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: His credentials were legitimate. He, he coaches at an international and a national level. So I said, okay, he knows what he's doing. (laughs) He's not, you know, he's just because I haven't heard from him, nor heard of him. Doesn't mean he's not legitimate. Mm -hmm. And then I sat there and I said, you know what? Let me just send an email. I sent him an email within two hours not only had that man responded to my email, he responded, he, he figured out that my phone number was my text, was my cell phone number. So he sent me a text. And then I looked at my Facebook page. He found my Facebook page and messaged me there too. Right. <laughs> and then said, we need to set up a call and have a conversation.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's All what it's about. It. That's what I need to see from a coach because I'm paying you at the end of the day. Yeah. You might make your money off of the fact that you've turned me into a champion, but I'm still paying you. Right. And my, I I work in a job where I have customers or clients. If I go radio silence on my clients for two days, I'm getting fired. Exactly.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) If I go radio silence, I get fired. So to me, I'm not going to start a relationship with somebody who's okay with letting my email go completely unanswered for two, three, four weeks at a time. Right. If you have that many clients that you can do that and that doesn't matter to you, I'm not, that's not the right place for me. So for my powerlifting ladies, it's the same thing. Don't fall for the name. The names are great. People have names because they're good at what they do. But sometimes, sometimes the name is not what you need. Sometimes you need to go somewhere where someone can work with you more one-on-one, more closely, where they don't have 47 athletes or 50 athletes. Right. Or they're competing
0: at the same time. That's another thing too, you know, um, and, you know, I, I, I obviously I think it depends, and and you know, different coaches have different capabilities, but you also want to be mindful of that as well. You know, if you are working with a coach who is a current competitor, I mean, on one hand, it's great because they truly can understand what you are going through and sort of what you will go through, but you also have to take into consideration if they are currently getting ready to compete. Are they going to have the time, the energy, whatever else to devote to you as a competitor at that time, right? So, you know, that's something that you have to take into consideration as well. Some of them are going to be able to do that. Some of them are not. Um, So, you know, you may want to take a look at that if they're still actively competing, you know, whether it's powerlifting, whether it's bodybuilding, whether it's, you know, only weightlifting or whatever, are they going to have the ability to separate their own training and prep from working with clients? Um, You know, and again, some of them can do that really well, some of them not so much. So you might want to inquire, hey, you know, what what's your competing experience been like? You know, have you, are you, have you been, have you competed in the past? Are you currently doing that? Are you planning to do that in the future? And And depending on sort of the level of, attention and care and feeding that you feel that you need that, you know, will definitely have an impact on, on sort of the direction in which you decide to go.
1: I agree. (laughs) Um, another thing to go back to the athlete side of it, I think, and Bree touched on this a little bit, you have to know what kind of person you are as far as training is concerned. I'm a workhorse. Bree will tell you, I am a workhorse. Mm -hmm. If you tell me Three hours is what it's gonna take. Okay, I got you. Three hours, I, I'm I'm there. I am a workhorse, but not everybody is. Some people that one hour mark hits and it's like I'm done, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I yep. don't care what sport it is. Figure out what kind of person you are for training, because if you are hiring a coach who's looking for or expects workhorse, and you're more of a show pony. <laughs> That's not going to work. Somebody's right. going to be miserable and someone's going to be irritated because right. those are two very different personality types. So, get to I mean upon entering any of these sports, get to know yourself as you are picking your sport, as you're picking your coach, as you're talking to people to figure out who they are and what they want to do. Figure out what you value. I know, unlike Bree, I am single. I have no kids. I have two dogs. The only responsibilities I have are basically to wake up, (laughs) train, show up to do my job, which I do from my apartment, (laughs) and walk these dogs. Those are my responsibilities. I can afford to be a workhorse. I can afford to say to my coach, okay, look, do I need to split this into an afternoon, a morning and afternoon thing? Some people can't do that. I don't need to right now, but I I can have those conversations. I can workhorse like that. If you can't do that, and I, you know, Bree talked about knowing the flexibility side of things, but as an athlete, you need to know what you can actually do for your coach. Because if your coach tells you up front, one of the things I did with my coach is I paid him for a one-on-one training session that was separate from any programming or anything of that nature. It was more of an opportunity for him to train me in person, get to know where I was, get to see some of my terrible, terrible lifts and some of my not so terrible lifts in person and figure out if we really could work together or if he thought I maybe needed to be referred out or needed something else. Right. And the greatest thing about that was he said, okay, I see where you're, I see how you work. I can tell you that what we did today, I scheduled him, I think for two hours. I paid for two hours with him. He said, this is a short workout. What we just did here. This is a short workout. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. (laughs) Duly noted and filed. Right. Duly noted and filed. So now I know he knew I was a workhorse type and I knew he was a person who programs for the workhorse situation. And Bree has seen the results of that. Bree, I am on my 14th set of bench. I've been benching for the last hour and a half. I don't know where I am or what I'm doing anymore. I can't even feel my arms. (laughs) If if you don't hear from me by 11 a.m., please send someone to my gym to come get me out from underneath this bench. But but it's working. But that is that coaching relationship. Someone else, that might not work for them. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. really, as an athlete, as you're choosing these coaches, I think know yourself well enough to know what you can deal with. Yeah. If you're hiring a coach, it's never going to look like what you want it to look like because that's why you hired your coach. But you do need to know where your tolerance level and your flexibility as an athlete really sit. Because if you don't have the ability to work the way your coach wants you to, your lifting is going to suffer. Your lifestyle is going to suffer. Your, you know, your human existence is going to suffer. And we talked about my coach last time in his, this isn't supposed to be the worst shit of your life statement. Right. This exactly. really is not supposed to be the worst shit of your life. Right. And if it's becoming that way, it's time for you to fix something. So take some time as you're picking your sport and picking your coach to really reflect on who you are as an athlete, because
0: absolutely,
1: you might not know, but you've done something in your life at some point that involved either a supervisory or coaching relationship whether it was a sport or whether it was at work whether it was somewhere else think about those relationships and kind of really reflect on what you what really worked and what didn't because mm-hmm. those same things will come about in these situations and you know you don't want to be miserable you don't want to pay someone every month to make you miserable right so i i think just as much as you want to interview your coach And let your coach interview you, interview yourself, check in with yourself, do a real sanity check with yourself. Because I know I could have signed on with one of those two coaches who never called me back. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I could have, I totally could have, I could have sent them, they have a little payment thing on their websites where I could have just sent a payment and sent them some information. And I'm sure they would have sent me a program. I'm sure they would have. Right. But would I be happy right now? Right. Right. Would I be feeling confident that, okay, whenever I do a meet, things will go well?
0: Right. Probably not. Or receiving the individual attention that I feel like I need?
1: Exactly. Probably not. (laughs) So really check in with yourself about what you can tolerate. And I will say as a semi-newbie lifter, I'm new to powerlifting as an exclusive thing. So I always say I'm a semi-newbie. Mm-hmm. I don't want the big name coach who has 365 athletes. I don't. I thought I did, but I don't because I'm a mess. (laughs) Oh, turn your feet this way and make sure your knees don't do this and stand on your head and twirl in a circle. And I, I look at my notes back sometimes and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Right. And if I had a coach who had, you know, 75 other athletes to worry about, I'm not so sure when I say, I don't know what you're talking about that I would get an answer. I can text my coach and say, you said something about my knees rotating backwards. First of all, I'm pretty sure anatomically that's not possible. So what are you talking about? I, I, I My knees don't go backwards. What are you talking about? Right. So those kinds of things are things to take into account, especially when you are new and you can't fix things yourself.
0: Right. Right.
1: When, you know, we we get older, we learn things about our bodies. We learn things about how programming and diet work. But when you're new, you want someone who can invest in you. You really do. And my last fist in the air coach thing, and not everybody's going to agree with this. This will be controversial. I don't care. If you guys want to send me hate mail, it's okay. (laughs) Totally okay.
0: Right. I
1: do not... Like I am not a fan of the coaching situations where you have a really creepy, weird, odd mother, daughter, father, daughter relationship with your coach. I am a grown woman. Right. (laughs) I have one mother.
0: Exactly. (laughs)
1: One. I have one father. I am not okay with the sort of, I call them kind of the training sororities where everybody everybody dresses the same, everybody talks the same, where it's almost become like a cult and nobody thinks for themselves anymore. And it's what coachy coach, coach so-and-so says is the final word on everything from what color nail polish you can wear to what you eat for breakfast to whether you can have that man as your boyfriend.
0: Girl, please. I am not not a fan of that woman.
1: I'm too old for that. Exactly, And I'm willing to bet a lot of the women who are listening to this are too old for that. If you, I mean, if you're cool with paying to have a, to, you know, to, to have somebody pretend to be your mom, that's, that's right. cool. Do you, but right. I personally am not a fan because I feel like it to a certain extent, it treat you end up becoming sort of blind, and you don't think for yourself. And that right. and, and that trusting your instincts thing that Brie was talking about goes right out the window because everybody is falling for, well, coach so-and-so told us all. Or papa so-and-so told us all. Or daddy so-and-so. Or mama so-and-so. If you are calling your coach mommy and daddy.
0: Yeah, that's you got some other shit you need to be address before think you think about that. competing.
1: Think through that. It's one thing if it's a jokey thing, but if you are genuinely looking at your coach as a parental figure, there are these people called therapists. Holler at one. Your coach is not your parent. That's what you need to be spending your money on. (laughs) Your coach (laughs) is not your parent. If you have mommy and daddy issues, first of all, get off the stage. Do not compete in any form of bodybuilding. If you have mommy and daddy issues, it is a, it is a nightmare. If those are the issues you are dealing with, but more importantly, if your coach requires you to call them mommy, daddy, mama, papa, grandma, granny, unless it is a nickname that everybody on earth uses for them. Right. Like I have a friend. She is always the mama of the group. Everybody calls her mama. Her own mama calls her mama. That is different. But if you're calling, if you instead of saying, hey coach, like when I talk to my coach, he's hey coach. Right. In place of that coach is dad or mom or mama or mommy nah. or grand.
0: No. Nah. I'm I'm Mm-mm. just not doing that. I I'm just, you know, and it's interesting that you bring that up. You know, I've definitely had the experience of working with a coach who, you, you know, and 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 for whatever reasons kind of served that role for a lot of young women. And that's fine. You know, but you know, I I I started to recognize, you know, for myself when it was time to kind of sort of chart my own path. You know, it was like, okay, well, I understand that this is the particular vendor that you work with res- with respect to posing suits or this is the particular vendor that you work with res- with respect to makeup or hair, but I'm grown. I know what looks great on me. I know what's flattering to me. And that's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm not going to do A, B, and C because you've decided or you feel like that's the best route to take. I'm going to do what's most comfortable for me. Um, And I think sometimes if you, you know, if you don't have that sort of you know, body of, of experience, you know, being an older person or whatever, it's, it's hard because again, you don't know what you don't know. So you're looking to this person to give you guidance. But again, I always say you also, you know, it's fine to kind of put your trust in someone, but you always have to listen to your intuition. If something intuitively doesn't feel right to you, you got to listen to that. You know, you gotta, you, you, you have to honor that and say, you know what, I may not know everything but I know that this doesn't feel good to me, so I'm not doing this, and that's okay. Um, and I think that's where you know a lot of folks, you know, sort of go wrong or are kind of, you know, don't take the time to listen to that intuition, and they wish later that they had.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think the bottom line is, if you ever feel fear about telling your coach no. Or I don't know because I'm not comfortable with this. You're not in the right place. You wouldn't do that with your friends. You wouldn't, you know, we're as grown women. I mean, when we're teenagers, our parents teach us, you know, if everybody jumped off the bridge, would you follow them off that same bridge? Exactly. At 17, sometimes the answer is yes. Right. I think most of our listeners are not 17. Most of us are adults. Right. You're too old to be jumping off the bridge just because everybody told you to jump off the bridge. Right. If you have a coach where you feel like you have where you're afraid to tell them no or to ask them questions or to say I don't think this is for me or and this is my fist in the air moment, if you're afraid to leave your coach. Right. If you're afraid to say I, this I need an off season that doesn't involve you or I need to not work with you anymore because I need to pursue some other options. If any of those things cause you anxiety or fear, and it's not just your own internal stuff, but it's actually coming from your coach. Right. Resync that relationship immediately. Okay. (laughs) You should never, that is, that is an abusive relationship. You should never be in an abusive relationship with a coach. Right.
0: So exactly. And at the applied. end of the day, yeah. you are paying them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> You know, exactly. You are paying them. You absolutely have the right to question, you know, their, um, you know, their, their protocol and their processes and all of that. And again, if you're working with someone who makes you feel like you don't have the right to do that, then you need to, to, to move on. Um, You know, that, that, I mean, I think that's the bottom line. You need yep. to move on.
1: Wherever that on is. <laughs> yes. Yes. but I think I think those are those are my things about coaching. I'm sure there are plenty of other things that people think of. I think that the lesson that we all take home from this is we all have different coaching relationships, and it's really funny. My coach is frantically texting and emailing me now because I'm not mm-hmm. answering
0: him. Right. Because he just right, sent right. me my
1: training, which means there's probably something horrible in this training that right. I have yet to see. But I think we all, when we look for coaches, I think your takeaways here are one, figure out if you really need a coach. You might not need to as a beginner. I think it's great to have one if you can afford to make financially, to make that sacrifice or to put that money forth. If you can get one in the beginning, it's even better because you're starting from scratch. You won't have any of the struggle that lots of us who just sort of made things up as we went along sometimes have. Uh, So number one, do you need a coach? Do you really want one? Are you ready to make the decision to follow someone else's instructions and directions? Number one. So let me, let me say this. Um, and,
0: and, and I think, you know, I, I generally tend to agree with what you're saying, but I think for me in the context of competing in bodybuilding, you need a coach. You need a coach. Like (laughs) Uh I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep it 100. Um, you need a coach and 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 not only do you need a coach with respect to your training and nutrition you need a coach with respect to posing because all of these things are so key and pivotal to i think a having a positive experience and 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 b you know doing well or excelling in your particular area um you know i i tell people all the time when you go to a bodybuilding show and you are watching competitors it becomes immediately obvious who had a coach and who didn't. You do not want to be that person, that woman, that competitor on stage who didn't have a coach because it'll be very, very, very obvious. So I say all of that to say that, you know, sometimes it's better to, you know, if you look at the situation in its totality and say, okay, I want to compete in May and you start gathering your information, you get a coach, you do all these things, you might need to step back and say, you know what? May's not enough time. I, I need to step back and maybe I'll think about doing it in August or September because it'll make such a huge difference. And And because those are things that you are judged very heavily upon when you do compete in these particular areas, It's really important to have someone to guide you through that process. Um, You know, dieting for a physique competition is going to look very different than dieting for a powerlifting meet, right? Um, If you diet at all. (laughs) If you diet at all. That's the thing. You can absolutely do a powerlifting meet and just compete at the weight that you presently are. That's not quite how it works for, for bodybuilding. So, <laughs> I would be a bodybuilder if that worked that way. Right. True. So that's that why I say that, you know, I don't, I won't necessarily say that you absolutely have to have to have a coach to do a body, to do a powerlifting meet or or maybe even, a, you know, a CrossFit competition. An only meet, I don't really know if you know the basic list, you may or may not need someone, same thing for powerlifting, but for bodybuilding, you absolutely need to, to have someone, who's kind of an expert guides you through that process. So, you know, y- you do have to look at all of those things um, because I'm, I'm just a firm believer in that if you're going to do something, do the research, take the time and do it right. The first time out, right. Yep. Um, you know, I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts where it's like, you know, there are certain folks out there like I'm just going to throw it out there and see what sticks. I'm just going to jump out there and do it. And that, that works for some folks. But I think if you take the time to do your research, you know, find the right resources, find the right team to support you, you'll have a much more positive experience, frankly. And you're
1: more likely to do it again. I think exactly.
0: I definitely do agree
1: with the physique side of things. Please get a coach. Get a coach, please, and take the time to get a coach for everything that you need to have a coach for your diet, your training, the placement, all of it. I can say I have watched a friend of, well, an acquaintance, friend, whatever, an internet friend, whatever you want to call her. She her entire business revolves around getting girls ready for the stage, and the difference that she makes in little things like choosing their suits, getting their makeup together, pulling together their hair and their pre- right. presentation. Those girls, it is a full 100 and however many degree turnaround, the 180 yeah. degree turnaround yeah. from when they come to her and when they walk on stage after having been with her, you might have the banginest figure body on the planet. Right. But if you get up there and you don't know how to pose, Oh, no one no. will see it. No one will see it. It matters. If you don't know how to flex the right muscles. I sat at nationals one year with a friend of mine and she's a bikini competitor and she teaches other girls how to pose. And so she often has her husband who helps her help her pose. And -hmm. we were sitting there in the audience and she's practicing posing and we spent 20 minutes as a group
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Watching
1: one of her hips trying to decide whether she should sit it up, down, over, <laughs> oh, left, <no. laughs> right before she went on stage. Oh, boy. Those little details, when you're yep. in a crowd, especially if you're trying to get to a national level competition, those right. little details are the difference between someone remembering that you were on the stage at all in the first place or you being completely forgotten sometimes. Right, right. So, yes, please, in powerlifting, no one cares how we come out onto the platform. No one cares beyond, as long as it's meat legal, no one cares what you did to your hair or your makeup or your nails. Exactly. But for for bodybuilding competition, every little detail matters. They care what you look like. You may not think they should care, but they do. And so take the time to invest and we'll talk about the financial side of this on another episode. Because (laughs) not any of these things are cheap. Mm -hmm. They are... So you have to plan to be first of all, plan the money, put the money aside, wait until I waited to get my coach until I knew I had the financial ability to say, okay, I am putting forth X, Y, Z amount of money to this man every month. Right. It fits in the budget. Now I didn't want to have to waver back and forth and try to, you know, Oh, well I'll pull $500 for a couple months from here and then $200 from here. And no, I waited until I had the money to actually pay someone on a consistent and regular basis. (laughs) <laughs> for, his, you know, for his right. services with bodybuilding and physique, I can say from experience that mess, even on the cheap costs more money than anything ever should exactly. <laughs> where, you're, where you're only participating really for a total of maybe six minutes. Right. Right. No so issues. plan, plan for the brokenness, plan for the expenses. Don't just wake up. Oh, I'm going to compete. And then you know, here comes your $600 posing suit. And here comes the heels. If you're in figure or bikini and here comes, Oh, I need to pay for the show itself. And then I need to pay for the tan. Then I need jewelry. And now I need to do my hair. And the next thing, you know, what you in your head thought was a, you know, thousand dollar venture has become an $8,000 venture.
0: Right? Exactly. Don't
1: be that person. Do the research, talk to competitors Find out how they did it, what they did, how long they saved for it, if they saved for it. Get a second job. I know a lot of people who work a second job to fund, they're competing. But like I said, we'll talk about the financial side of this. But really take the time to work through um all of the sides of coaching and the expenses and what it really means. Because right. you don't want surprises. Right you don't want surprises. No, so you
0: definitely don't
1: bodybuilders, yeah. all of you physique people go get a coach.
0: Powerlifting yes, people. Powerlifting people. It, <laughs> uh, <no. laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's almost like, you know, you like, uh, and I've had this experience so often with my husband, like, you know, there's something going on with like our garbage disposal or whatever. And, you know, I'm like, let's just get a plumber. Let's just get to take this taken care of. And he's like, no, I can fix it. And then he tries and screws it up and costs <laughs> more money. And then we end up having to call a plumber anyway. Like, it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, I- instead of waiting for that moment where you've already kind of screwed up and then you have to call in somebody, just do it at the outset. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to have to expend, you know, the resources, whether it be financially or otherwise. So just do it at the outset, you know, and do it correctly. And then you don't have to worry about it later. So,
1: exactly. So, I yeah, get for bodybuilding physique, get the coach, just do it on the front end. Powerlifting, I learned powerlifting from a boyfriend. Right. I don't recommend that method, but some people have a great time with it. If yeah. you and your boyfriend, or you and your girlfriend, or your significant other can do that, that's fine. Right. I personally like separation of church and state, as right. I like to call it.
0: Yes. <laughs> There's something about having your significant other try to teach you how to do things. I don't know what that's about. Like
1: it makes me want to punch them. That's
0: it's yeah. yeah. just not. It's not. Some effective. people that works great for, I'm just not one of those people. So I again I I'd rather just outsource it to, you know, someone who that's kind of their thing and they know what they're doing and you know, it is what it is. It's their so. job
1: to insult me. Like it's yes. their job to tell me I'm bad at what I'm doing. Right. Versus, versus you being told you're bad and then you have to go home and look at the person that yes. just told you you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yes. That's why.
0: Yeah. So, that's so much.
1: Yeah. So for powerlifting, I recommend a coach if you're going to compete. It will help you with learning the cues for the meet. My coach right now, my thing is, I don't like to pause my bench. I hate it. I, I just don't like to do it. Right. So what he harps on every week, pause your bench. Right. Pause your bench, Right. pause your bench, pause your bench. Yeah. Those right. kinds of things are why you hire a coach. Those are the things that your boyfriend or whoever might let you get away with, or if you're by yourself, I feel like I'm pausing. It's not until I get to the video and I said, oh, that was like eight sets of bench. And I paused exactly one rep in those eight sets. Oops. That's why there's a coach. So for powerlifting, I say, if you're really trying to compete and get serious, it's worth it to have the coach. Right. I don't CrossFit. I don't know if you can just show up to CrossFit.
0: Yeah. Um, usually, (laughs) usually you have to be a member of that particular CrossFit box. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, and again, it, it, it varies, you know, depending on the actual box, some of them will let you kind of come in and take classes, um, you know, kind of ad nauseum other ones you have to kind of actually officially be a member of, you know, I've, I mean, I've definitely like traveled and been able to take classes, you know, kind of just on a case by case basis at different boxes. But that was because I was already a member of one in particular. So, but again, just like with CrossFit, I definitely recommend, you know, working with, you know, a specific box and a coach to kind of learn, you know a lot of the movements and sort of what it's about. So,
1: so yeah, I guess our bottom line is get a coach. Yes, <laughs> at get some point, at some point in your life, get a coach.
0: Someone yeah, and and we'll definitely talk about I think in you know a future episode, you know, how to, you know, basically ball on a budget. So, you know, you even if you do decide to hire a coach, like there are other things that you can do to kind of cut costs and 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 you know sort of save money on uh, on different areas as well. So, we'll definitely get into that. Um I think at some point, too.
1: We will we will cuz the money part is serious. <laughs> And it is something that people worry about, so we will definitely do a whole episode on cool. money. Cool. So I do. I I think we covered that pretty far. Yes,
0: I do. Uh, oh I team. Do. So again, we're like rocking and rolling, man. So you know, thank you again for listening in. If you have comments or you know questions, you know, let us know. Um, you know, we'll try to put some supplemental supplemental information up on the blog. You know, check us out on iTunes or. Um, you know, SoundCloud wherever we end up, you know, being and you know, hey man, like we'll 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 catch you at the bar next time. All righty. All right, signing off. This is Bruce. Signing off, this is D. All right, meet you at the bar. Bye. Bye. All right, bye.